0: Brothers and sisters, there's a, there is revival happening in our country right now. In Kentucky, it's, it is taking over a city. There's a chapel that's been filled for, t- for 11 days and now it's flowing out into the yard. And the testimony that's coming from the people that have entered that place, skeptical people, is that when they enter that house, when they enter even just the surrounding area, they are so overwhelmed with the outpouring of divine love a confidence that they've not been forgotten a confidence that not only are we not forgotten but that our God has us in mind that he loves us amen and as they, as they, as they raise their voices in song 24 hours a day that this love just keeps pouring out that's why we, we lift our voices to God in these offerings he loves it he loves it. And I pray that you're you're experiencing that same renewal this morning. But, you know, what's really touched my heart as I've been reading and following this revival is that what do we need more than anything right now? We need divine love. Divine love. Our guest pastor this morning, Pastor Chris Taylor. Chris, if you want to join me, he's come to tell us how, to remind us how to Share the good news of that divine love because brothers and sisters God has a plan um, for how the world would know that they're loved by God you and I are his plan Isn't isn't that wild to think about that you are God's master plan Stick out your hand. Pray with me over Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris is the pastor of Freedom Church in Valley Park, and uh, and he's taking time away from his flock that he can come and, and shepherd us. And we're grateful for him. Let's pray. We say, God, thank you for Pastor Chris. Thank you for the the words of wisdom that you've given him to share to us. And God, I pray, I I, I pray that we receive the outpouring of of your spirit through his words God that we would be moved to a bold faith to share a bold faith that people would know God's not just at work in Kentucky God's at work right here in Fenton God's at work right here in St. Louis God is pouring out his love here God I pray that would be your hand we would be your hands and feet let us be encouraged this morning let us be inspired we pray in your name amen you may be seated.
1: How's everybody doing this morning? Huh? You doing good? Okay, good. Good. Thanks for letting me be here today. Honestly, the the first service we we hung out and and uh, and it was it was just good. I, I have to be honest with you. I'm still kind of. Uh, Um the the flow hasn't stopped, which is good. It's really good. Um can I just ask you guys a question? Because today is gonna take um everybody in this room kind of participating in this um in this dynamic today. Is that fair? So let's get let's get used to that now. Can I I just want to ask you this quick question? So, how many of you have been here for longer than five years? You've been here for longer than five years. Longer than five years. Okay, how many of this is your first Sunday? Is there anybody here first Sunday right there? <laughs> Forgive me. if anything goes crazy today, it's not normally like this so I Daniel is much more chill than I am, and so it's good. But can I just ask a question just from—I want to hear from you guys because, uh, again, I'm in the same community as you guys are, and I, as I told the, the first service, I'm so thankful for this type of house, and what I mean by that is that this is a church that doesn't raise its banner above the banner of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Like, we, we don't, they're not elevating elevation higher than, like, we're not trying to promote elevation higher than Jesus, right? And I, I'm just thankful for that. Like, yeah, that's, you can, there you go. Let's loosen up a little bit. Here we go. All right. But let me ask you this just simple question. So tell me what's your, one of your favorite things about this church. Just raise your hand. I want to hear from you guys. What's one of your favorite things about this house? I'll wait, I'm okay with silence. Community? Community? Okay, Was that like the people? Like everybody here. Huh? Lots of kids, right? It's good. They do chores. That's good. It's good to have. That's why we have them, right? So we've got kids and community. What else? Huh? He said loved and challenged. Pastor Nate said loved and challenged, right? That's good. What? The truth, right? So this is a truth. This is a house that preaches the truth. In fact, I, I listen. I check in on Daniel just to make sure I don't have to bring a rock and throw it at him. Uh, I mean, I'm waiting. I'm kind of waiting. I have that. Ki- we have that kind of dynamic, okay? And but I love that this is a house that preaches truth that stays biblically founded, and, and I, I'm happy for that. What else? Anybody else? One of your favorite things? Praise and, Praise and worship. worship? Yeah. In the come on now. In the come on. And just I mean, my 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 wife is a is a worship pastor. I have no musical ability on any level of whatsoever. Uh, but I one thing I do know is this doesn't happen by accident, right? Like it just doesn't. Like it doesn't. And just so you know, not only what you see up here, right? So that, what's happening right back there? So everybody, turn your attention there, right? So. Like none of this happens by accidents. there's a time investment in it, right there is a a preparing and 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 and, and just investing in this, and so i 'm thankful so thank you guys for for just leading us well today, everybody that was leading today, just leading us well, opening that door right to the king and saying, "Come on, come on in, come on in right well I, I want to just i i didn't share this in this morning service, but I want to just ask you this um. At Freedom right now, like, and it's relative to every house, it is, because life just happens, right? Life does happen. And at Freedom right now, I've got a young couple, and I say young, they're younger than me, um, and they've got three daughters and just a beautiful family, and it's this young man named Jeremy, and he was diagnosed about a year ago, um, this is just family business. Can we do some church family business before we jump into the Word? Is that all right? We have time for that, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. I figure, okay, it says church on the door. I just want to be reminded of what we're doing here. Uh, and so my, my friend Jeremy, uh, about a year ago, I almost, I guess about now, he was diagnosed with cancer, brain cancer. Um, yeah, it, that's exactly the response. You're just like, you're just taken back, Right. And and through it he he battled and fought and he's still fighting and we uh, and I guess a couple of months ago maybe three months ago they were like you're good it's gone like everything is is moved out things have have chilled out that's good right and so we're rejoicing he's back at church like everything is good and then and then right around Thanksgiving he gets a little dizzy and he's like man I don't know what that's about and they go back in the doctors and they they say uh, hey uh, uh, it's come back. And it's come back and it's aggressive and it's it's uh it's we're we're not liking this. And and instantly, I, I don't know about you, but even as a pastor, as his friend, as as my brother, like it's a kick in the stomach, right? Like, right, like you you're hoping and you're in the battle and you're in the fight, right? And then all of it and you get good news and you're rejoicing, and God is good, and then all of a sudden you kind of get like kicked in your stomach again, and you almost like just to be honest with you, like it almost kind of went into, and I even heard this from his bride and I heard the, the dynamic of language go from like, we're going to fight to, whew, it's over. You know what I mean? Like it's that's like that's just human nature. And they were started to prepare and started to think. And then God reminded me of something. God reminded me, He took me back to Ecclesiastes and He said, you know, there's that, that passage where it talks about there's a time for this and a time for that, a time to mourn and a time to rejoice, a time to build and a time to scatter, a time to get, right? You know that. And he just reminded me, the Holy Spirit just reminded me, and he said, He said, Do not be a people that are doing the wrong things in the wrong season right don't be that people like i know you got the wind kicked out of you and i know you got kicked in your stomach and you feel like you want to kind of almost fall into just mourning the situation it's hopeless it's we're we're struggling but he still has breath in his lungs and god is still good and so this is not the type uh, time for us as a house uh, to mourn, but it's a time for us to battle. It's a time for us to pray. It is time for us to go before God and and and, and say, Father, would you heal him? Father, whether you do or not, does, you are good, and I know you got him, but would you? Not for Jeremy's sake, not so that he can be well, because we know healing isn't the ultimate gift. We've already received the ultimate gift, which is in Christ. But would you, for your testimony, would you? And so we're in that season of praying. And so just selfishly, as from one pastor of another house in the community, I just kind of selfishly come before you guys and just ask, is it all right if we, before we jump into this, just pray for my friend? Yeah. Is it all right? Yeah. Okay. And his wife's name is Courtney. they've three beautiful children and, and all girls. And I'm so glad he got girls and I didn't. Um, no, I'm serious. I'm so glad... God kept me, kept me. I have three boys. It's good. But let's just do this. Can we just pray? Come on, let's just begin to play. I would ask the, the ladies in here just to begin to lift up Courtney, just to lift her up. If you're a wife, if you're a mom, you've got three young daughters that are watching Superman struggle and go through a battle, like the feeling of what she is feeling, would you just begin to pray for her? And I'm telling you, you can even open up your mouth here. It literally says church on the door. We're, you're not going to offend anybody. And the men in this room, I would ask you, even from the young and to the old, would you lift Jeremy up as a selfish prayer request from a pastor to a family? Would you pray for him? Would you pray for supernatural healing, supernatural strength? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we know that this is not the season of mourning. Father, we'll mourn when he's 99, surrounded by children and loved ones. We'll mourn then. This is the time for battle. And so this house and our house are joining together, just going before you, coming to the place where we know we should come. And saying, would you, would you heal him again? Again, not just for Jeremy's sake, not so that he can have health, but so that we can point to you as a testimony of of just your amazing and always point to you, God. Would you heal him? Would you heal him? Would you heal him? Father, we join in with the family and we just thank you in advance and say in advance before any outcome our faith is not dependent on our outcome. We say in advance that you are good, and we are thankful. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. I'm going to check something real quick, because you're going to see a lot of stuff today, like, like some really, really silly uh, pictures, that. But, and we're going to paint a picture today, and I'm going to try to do my best to make a very kind of deep subject matter a very deep question that we really don't want to ask ourselves that we really don't want to be transparent before God I want to try to make it as transparent as we possibly can or I'm sorry as clear as I possibly can today so that we can answer it for ourselves be changed and compelled to be different for the kingdom is that fair okay all right you know, I, I, I was joking. I told this. I, I wanted to share this uh, just because, just so you understand my relationship with your pastor. Last night, it was about 9.45, 10 o'clock, and uh, I reached out to him, and I just sent him a text, and this is all I said. Hey, do you still need me to teach for you tomorrow? And then I just laughed, (laughs) and here's what happened. He sends back yes, and then and then I don't know if you've ever seen this, and then it was dot dot dot, and then the dots went away. Dot 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 dot, then the dots went away. Then dot. So he was he was saying he was either saying some mean things about me during that time, and then he was the Holy Spirit grabbed him and was like, no, you can't say that to. And so he was like, he's like, didn't my team reach out to you? and this is what I said back to him like again 10 o'clock at night I he, listen he knew what he was getting when he invited me uh, I said back I said let me check my email to see if they reached out to me and, and so I said I go oh my goodness they've been trying to get a hold of me for like three weeks I'm sure it'll be fine and I could feel his anxiousness rise up, you know. And, and, uh, and I know I hated bothering him during his sabbatical. I know he needs so much rest. He's so delicate. Uh oh. <laughs> So I wanted to just mess with him a little bit and, and, uh, but, uh, no, it it was good. And he, I just encouraged him. I said, no, your team's been amazing and, and they've reached out and, and it's all good. And I can't, I I can't wait for it. So, but I want, I want to do something before we kind of jump into the word. I want to, I want to kind of recap some stuff. Is that all right? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Chris, you haven't said anything yet. So, what's, what was the recap about? I actually want to recap what's been invested in the house over the last couple of weeks. How many of you have been here for the last couple of weeks? You've been a part of these services. Raise your hand. How many of you missed it? You've been, not been here. Raise your hand. Sorry, we won't judge you. It's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. We prayed for your souls, and you were long lost, and now you are found. It's so good. So glad you're back. No, but I just want to remind us, because the Holy Spirit's not schizophrenic. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, I am. I I, I love seeing, and, and, and you have to be mindful. We have to be careful as a people, because you get amazing teaching at this house, right? He's listening online. He's, he's, if you don't clap, he will be hurt, right? right? So, so you get amazing teaching in this house, but here's the problem sometimes. Sometimes we compartmentalize and we make a Sunday, a Sunday, and another Sunday, a Sunday, and another Sunday, a Sunday, and we don't connect dots. Does that make sense? And sometimes we have to look and be mindful of go, wait a second, wait a second. What is the Holy Spirit trying to do or stir up in this house at this moment? I want to make sure that I'm not just taking this good chunk of meat, chewing on it for a couple of days, and then moving on. There is a reason why the Holy Spirit is investing what he is for a purpose in a house. Never miss that never miss that. And I want to just kind of remind you, if you haven't uh, been here, what's gone on in the last couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Nate and and, uh, I I listen to these. I I love listening to other guys teach. I love hearing the word. I love hearing people share about the goodness of God and seeing different angles of the word. But Pastor Nate, uh, he laid out this amazing picture of what hope was. How many of you remember that those last two weeks, the picture of hope, right? He talked about that it requires something of us. He talks about that hope requires a change in our worldview, right? uh, Prioritize behavior. And tell me if I'm getting these wrong, right? Am I nailing these? Oh, good. Prioritize behavior. Preparation. Hope requires preparation. And that our hope is a witness. Meaning like our hope, our hope pointed to the future. Didn't you say that? Like our hope pointed to the future or to the Father? No, our faith pointed to the the Father is hope. Looking Looking to the future with God is hope what a beautiful man that's good stuff yeah you can clap for that like that's good like you got i just heard that it was good no it's good stuff man and then last week like right uh or no no then he follows it up there so if that wasn't enough he then jumps into laying out the beauty of ephesians chapter 2 1 through 10 talking about the beauty of what we have received uh in christ and what our hope is based on wasn't that good didn't that encourage you Like, man, we have this hope, we have been forgiven, we have this strength, all these things that Christ has done for me, not because I deserve to be, but because he is good, and I'm surely not, as you will pick that up on as we go. And then last week, last week, Pastor Justin Goodson, where's he from, by the way? Twin twin, Rivers? Twin. That's here locally, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's funny is, is their church, do you guys remember, how many of you are long time St. Louisans, St. Louis, Louisianans, what are we, I don't know what we say, what do we say, huh, St. Louis, okay, whatever, Uh, so how many of you remember that that church used to be the soccer house, you remember that? Do you remember that it was an indoor soccer house? I feel so convicted every time I go over there because back in the day I used to play soccer, and I've actually gotten into a fight in that sanctuary. That was a younger me. That was like weeks ago, okay? And but I would be I, every time I walk in there, I'm like I'm so convicted. I got into a fight right over there because a the guy tripped me. I'm so I'm so ashamed. So ashamed. <laughs> But Pastor Justin, I love this. He, he, he spoke through Judges, uh, six, that encounter. And, and if you guys listen to me, I, I'm begging you just as from one pastor to another house. When, when you get these like steak dinners, right? Like sometimes we just get so used to steak. Ah, oh, it's just steak. It's just steak. When you get these steak dinners, I'm begging you. Because no matter how good Pastor Daniel is and no matter how good these teachers are, we're only given so much time and so much time of your kind of focus here and my focus there that it would be impossible to teach through the fullness of whatever story and word that they're trying to share. So I just encourage you, chew on that further. Like, really, really wrestle with it. Because that story that he laid out last week, uh, in, in Judges six and the encounter that launched Gideon into action, right? And the hurdles that we had to overcome, uh, to step into his calling. And they were what? Do you, does anybody remember them? Come on. I'll, you'll win a prize. I, I'll, I'll give you a bottle of water. Do you see my Insecurity. What was the other one? Compromise. Was it, or was it comparison? Compromise, I knew it was a C word, right? And then what was the last one? Fear, Fear that's right. You can have a bottle of water, right? <laughs> and they were, uh, they were enemies to our calling. And so I want you to just see this. So, in the last weeks, we've learned a couple of things. We've learned that we have an amazing hope in Christ and that He has called us with weight to play a role in seeing those that have no hope come to the only hope that we have to offer, which is one, Jesus, right? so in fact i love this uh, pastor justin last week he touched on one of my favorite passages in second corinthians chapter 5 18 through 21 and if you would get your bibles out this would be a good time to let's do that He lays out this command and our duty to preach the message and compel those that are lost to be reconciled through God. And let's just read through this just real quick. Cause it's, it's, it's just, it's so good. It says in second Corinthians chapter five. And if you do not, I'm serious about this. If you don't have this underline or if you this is one of those passages. If you're like, you know what? I just don't memorize the word. Just land here, man. Like, let's add this one to the list. Verse 18 says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That includes all of us from the youngest to the old. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are there, uh, I'm sorry, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So, so, so now knowing that, in the last two weeks or the last three weeks, this has been what has been downloaded into this house. And the reason I say that is, is it is for a purpose. It's for a purpose. The Holy Spirit doesn't do anything just uh, haphazardly. It's always for a reason. He downloads, number one, and he reminds us all that there is a hope that we have. We have been given a hope that is found in only in Christ. And then, not only that, then we've been downloaded by the fact that, that we have been given a calling, a command. I don't even like calling it a calling. It's a command to be the ambassadors of Christ, to make the compelling argument towards those that do not know, to say, come to the only thing that can save you. So that's what's been downloaded in this house. So now I, where we kind of land today is, is, is simply this question. I want to answer the question of, so what's wrong with us? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. What's wrong with us? What do I mean by that? Meaning, if we know this great truth, if we understand this great truth, that we have this hope, right? And how many of you know by raising, of your hand, I have a hope in Christ, Come on, he could see through ceilings. I'd raise your hand. Right? Like, this is not affecting him. Right? He knows. So like you say, you know that. And how many of you know, man, I, I have been called to be a witness. You know that. Raise your hand. Okay, that's so good. I'm so glad you're agreeing with this. So then I have to ask the question, why isn't our life marked by that? Like, what is the disconnect between a people that have such a beautiful thing of hope that we possess, and why is it that we are a people, not just in this house, but in houses all over the country and possibly the world, why are we a people that we know that we have hope, we know that we've been commanded to compel those that do not know to that which is our only hope, why, why, why isn't it that we have a life marked in our life? by seeing our actions line up with that. That's what I want to do today. It's simple stuff. It's a question, I have to be honest with you, it's a question we really don't want to ask. Like we want to talk about that. We want to sing songs about the hope that is found in Christ. We want to even gather together and go, man, you've got a calling and you've got a calling and you get a calling. Yes. Like we want to do that in the house of God and it feels so good to, to do that. But no, what we don't want to do is ask the question, but why? What's what's up with me because I'm not really seeing that dynamic played out. Where is the disconnect? And so what we're going to do today is be real simple going to be real simple today. Is that all right? We're going to break this down and we're going to try to be really transparent and answer this by the word and see a picture of maybe why, and then be compelled to change. Not by me and my words, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and his word. And not so that you or I can be the best versions of ourselves, but so that you and I, for the sake of the kingdom, can do what we're called to do. Is that fair? So let's pray before we jump into this. Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, we do not invite you in this room. We recognize you that you are here. Like we're not waiting for you. We're not waiting for you to come in the door. We recognize your presence in the midst of us. And so because of that, I, because of that, I I just, I pray that, that we are ready for it. I pray that our ears are open and our hearts are receptive to hear your word. To hear what you have for us, your challenge, your conviction, your, your ability to divide us to our very core. Father, let us be changed for the sake of the kingdom today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. All right, so let's, let's jump into this. Are you with me today? Huh, are you with me today? Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay. Just making sure. All right, let's start off with some real light reading, okay? So let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation. We're going to keep it real light and airy. I want you to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 2, starting in verse 1 through 5. This will give us a starting point to see that which he places value in we need to see something we are going to do or i'm going to attempt to do our best to build a base and an understanding first of what christ places value in okay got to see this so let's look at this revelations chapter 2 starting in verse 1 are you with me all right here we go to the angel of the church in ephesus write these words These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands i know your deeds your hard work and your perseverance i know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that you have tested those uh, who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary victory yes like, I want to be a church that Jesus says that about, right? Like, don't you want to go to that church? Huh? Don't you want to go to that church? You want to be a part of that kind of church. The only problem is, is there's, we got this feeling that there might be a butt coming, right? Right? Like we kind of got this feeling like you're, you're kind of setting me up here. Where, like, I hear that you're championing all these good things, but what's the problem? And I'm, he leads us into it in verse 4. Yet I hold this against you. And you need to underline that, highlight it, mark it down. I hold. Those are powerful words. Those are not light words. I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first or said it a different way. You have forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And that's, he- that's heavy stuff, isn't it? So we see Jesus championing the efforts and the actions and the deeds. They, they, they've perceived, they've they, they, they persevered, they've they protected sound doctrine, they've, they've held on to holiness as a standard. Like, this is good, man. And Jesus is championing these good things. he's not He doesn't start off with a list of all of these negatives. He doesn't start off and says man, I've seen these failings, I've seen where you've fallen short. He says, these things are good. But, but, but I hold this against you. You have elevated the good for the sake of the good. Meaning you have, you have elevated these good actions above the thing that I value the most. And the thing that I value the most is your love for me. Are you following me on this? Like, are you seeing this? You see this kiddo. So Jesus is sitting there saying, like, guys, listen, you are a good church. Like, you are a sound doctrine church. You're persevering. You're fighting the fight. You're doing the work. And I'm proud of you in this area. But you have lost your first love. You have lost the very fire, the thing that creates the residue that created all of those good things. You've lost that very thing. And now you've maximized those things and you've minimized just your passion and your love for me. So Jesus is setting this up here. He is setting this up and saying, listen, this is what I value. And the thing that I value most is not sound doctrine, though it is healthy for the church. He doesn't value service in the building. He doesn't value tithing in the building. None of those things. Those things are good, but they are residue that should spring from the fact that you should be in love with your savior, you hey, follow me on this. Amen. So he is saying, "Listen, you have missed it." And right there, right there, right there, that kind of answers that first part, right? Yeah, like he 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 answers that that first part that we have lost value. We have lost and misplaced our value. Because remember, we're trying to answer a question. How can a people that have hope and people that are called be disconnected from that command and not see that in our life? Maybe, just maybe, he is saying, maybe there's something in what we value. Maybe we're missing something where we value. Go to Matthew with me. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44. Matthew chapter 13, verse 40, uh 13 through 44 through 46 just says this. I love this. What you're about to see here is, is Jesus compelling, and he's going to say, listen, now I've explained to you what I value, and I value your love for me, right? That's why in all of his language, anytime he calls people, anything he always says, it says, deny that. Whatever you think is great, deny that and follow me, whether it's self, whether it's money, whatever it is, deny that and follow me. I am the greatest of values, right? So he says. So now all of a sudden he's going to give us actionable steps. He's going to say, listen, this is what it looks like. This is what it should look like. Meaning this is the mark of a believer. This is a mark of somebody that understands the value of what they have. And this is what it would say. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then he, and then his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, everybody said great value. He went away and did what? Sold everything he had for what? To buy it. Basically, he's saying, listen, the mark of somebody that understands the value that is in their hand is there is action. They they deny everything else. They say everything else is lost. Everything else is not nearly as important as me owning this. Are you following me on this? Now, can we make a, um, can, can we, I, I want to paint a picture for you. So uh, Nate, will you come up here? how many of you how many of you remember this how many of you are over the age of 50 raise your hand look at you i'm i'm getting there no i'm i'm this is my year i'm i'm going to turn 50 this year we have a big year in the taylor household um i've got three sons uh, i've got uh, my oldest is 22 he's getting married this year yes yeah no that's good right like that's really good I'm excited and she is amazing she is um my son is like at a he's at a 10 or he's asleep uh so and that's my wife's DNA if you don't know my wife my that is my wife there she's a redhead and I could say that because she's not near me to hit me um and, but she's amazing and she's just a fiery redhead and, and, uh, and he's kind of got that. And, and this, this beautiful, this beautiful treasure, this young lady named Erin is going to marry my son. And she's like this peaceful five, like all the time. Like she's just like this chill factor. Like, but I love it as a dad. Like she doesn't like try to like bring him back from a 10. She champions that, but she just stays chilled i love it it's so good it's so good and then i've got a 17 year old that's going to graduate high school and then i've got a 12 year old that's going to turn 13 this year and uh and then me and my wife are both going to turn 50 it's a big year big year right so how many of you remember this game this it was a game show um called let's make a deal anybody raise your hand if you remember it now with wayne brady i'm talking about the real one right not the remix i'm talking about the one where and what was the guy's name what was the host name monty hall there it is right i heard that monty hall and how many of you remember the microphone that was like six foot long remember that I, see i love i knew there are only some of you you're gonna have to google that right to go on the internet you children and look that up all right he had a microphone that was like this long it was ridiculous i have no idea why but he would always walk around and he would try to do the let's make a deal, right? And he would always, uh, at the end of the show, he would do that thing where it was like, listen, if you have some, you know, a paper clip, some fingernail uh, trimmers, and a receipt from the last meal in your purse, you'll win some money. You remember that? And if I asked that, I know some of you ladies like, got it, I'm I'm prepared. No, I've seen my wife's purse. I know what is in there, right? I think I have a fourth child in that purse somewhere. I've never met him, but he's doing well, I think, rummaging around in the bottom, eating old Mentos and cracker crumbs. He's doing well, I think, right? (laughs) Right? But so I, I, I want to do this for you. I, I want to just kind of paint this picture of let's make a deal because there was always this dynamic where he would give somebody something and put that in their hand like I've done with Pastor Nate. And then he would give them some choices uh, to choose between. So I'm going to make this real visual for us. Is that all right? All right. So Nate, would you do me a favor? I'm going to give you a chance here sure. to select one of the envelopes and then whatever is in that envelope, I'm going to give you the opportunity to keep that which is in the envelope or keep which was in this one. Does he know what's in this envelope? huh no he doesn't know okay so which one are you going to choose number one one. okay so let's see what is in number one all right number one it's a five dollar bill all right yes this was the budget pastor daniel gave me for the props right he says five dollars this is it right that's all he gave me we're gonna have a talk when he gets back all right so here's the question. And I need help from the audience right now. The, the audience, like they would have at the show. What would they do in this moment? Do you either want to, na- do you want to keep what you've got in your hand or do you want to take the five dollars? What should he do? Come on, come on. Who says keep it? Who says take the five and run for the hills, right? Buy half a gallon of gas, right? <laughs> so what do you want to do? He's going to keep it. He's risking it. Oh, there it is. It's getting exciting now. All right. So he's given up on the, uh, which one did you choose? He cho- chose number one. Thank you. So okay. Now you have one left to choose. We're going to make a really difficult one. Would you like to see what is in this one? Let's see how this goes. All right. So what is in this one? It's a $1 bill, right? The budget Pastor Daniel gave me for lunch. This is what he gave me right here just saying. So now we've lost the $5 bill. We've lost the $5 bill. We are now down to $1. Should he keep what he has in the envelope or what he has on the $1 bill? Come on, let him know. He's going to keep it. All right. He's deciding to keep it. All right now, but Monty's getting a little tricky now. Monty's going to get it really bold. Monty now is going to combine the budget for the props and lunch and offer it back to Pastor Nate and say, Pastor Nate, if I combine, right, if I combine the money, it's a total of $16 right here, right? Thank you. Sorry, public school education. All right, here we go. $6. Would you say now, if I say you can have the contents of both envelopes over what you don't know, do you want it? What should he do? What do you think you're going to do? I want to take the $6. Take the $6, all right? All right, who cheers that? Who would say that's a good idea? All right? Who would say that's a terrible idea? All right, because we know there could be a goat in this. Do you remember that sometimes? I open the screen, there'd be a goat in this. I didn't fit a goat in here, okay? P- uh, Peter would have a problem with that, I think. All right, but let's see what is in here, okay? Remember, did he know what was in this envelope? So let's see what it is. It's a $100 bill, right? Pastor Daniel did not give this. I brought this, okay? A $100 bill in this one. He kept that and gave up this. Now, can I ask this question? And you can sit down now. I appreciate it. Did, did you take that money? I gave it back. To Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I got to get lunch. So, so now help me out here real quick. Come on, uh, listen. I'm not worried about production. I'm worried about us getting this, right? I'm worried about us getting this. I'm worried about us seeing this. So answer me this question. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think he took this over keeping this? Huh? He could see it, right? So he knew the value of what was being offered to him. He did not know the value of what? Of what he had. And so isn't it easier at times to take the value of the known when we've lost sight of the value that we have? Does that make sense? Are you seeing this picture? Now, watch this. Watch this. Hold on. Let me do something real quick. Let me set this back up. $5 goes back. Five. You go back. $5 goes back in here. $1 goes back in here. Okay. Play along. <laughs> this is a tough crowd, man. Seriously. <laughs> So now I've put the $100 bill back in here, right? You guys know the context of the game, right? If I were to ask you to come back up here and play that exact same game, like if I asked uh, Pastor Titus to come back up here and stand up here and I gave him this envelope with this question mark on it, knowing the context of the game and know what already is in the envelopes, what would would we all tell him to do? And what would he probably do? Why? Because he already knows what's in here, right? He already knows the value of what he has in his hands. He already understands. He's, he's not in any moment ever going to be swayed, no matter how much I offer, no matter what I combine, no matter what I tempt him with. He's never going to take envelope number one or envelope number two because it is of less value of the known value that he has in his hands. Does this make sense? like we're we seeing this so so this is kind of the the answer to part of the question of why this answers the first part of that why are we a people that know that we have this hope in Christ this calling and command to share but yet we are disconnected from it and not seeing the fruit of it in our daily life. Meaning, we don't see ourselves being compelled to do this. Maybe, just maybe, we've lost sight of the value of what we hold. We've lost sight of the value of what we hold. And so what happens is, is when we lose sight of that which we hold, we can be fooled into maximizing that which still has value, right? Like this money still has value. We can, we can be fooled and, and, and caused to emphasize that which has lesser value and de-emphasize the greater value. Like this is the church in Ephesus, right? This is that church. They, they, they forgot in their hands what they had, the love of Christ, that love that compels them, that started all of this stuff. And so what happens when they lost sight of this, they were then wooed and said, let's maximize the value that we are offered. And Jesus says, I hold this against you. Like, I hold this against you. This is your problem. You have championed these things, but you have forgotten me. You have lost sight of the value that I've placed in your hand, which is the love that you have for me. Right? So, now let's keep going. Are you still with me today? Yes. All right, good. I mean, I'm going to keep going whether you are or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like... I'm enjoying this as much as anybody. I'll be honest with you on that. All right, this is good stuff. This, this I told somebody earlier this today. They, we were talking and I said, I would so much prefer to preach these messages from a place of perfection. Like that would be such a better place. But I have to teach this stuff from a place of the fact that I'm going through this just as much as you are. I mean, honestly, I'd love to be able to preach out of perfection just so I could be self-righteous just a little bit, because it feels good. I mean, let's be honest. It feels a little good to be self-righteous, but I can't because I know that I'm a broken man. I know that I'm a broken man. Now, so let's keep going on this, all right? I want you to go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. Because I want you to see what Paul would say, and I'm going to paint one more picture for you. I'm going to make this very, very practical because I could just stop right here and say, be reminded of the value that you have in your hands. And that preaches well, doesn't it? Like, that's like, yes, that's right. We have this great value. I will not have my head turned left or the right. I won't take envelope number one, number two. Yes, that's good, right? Man, I, I like that. But if we don't answer the question or the other part of the, or the other aspect of the question of why, how does this happen? Right? Like, how does this happen for believers that have a hope, have a calling, and yet we're disconnected? How does that, where does the disconnect come along? And let's look at this in uh, Philippians chapter three, and this is what Paul would say. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of what? Knowing what I have in my hand, knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, a righteousness of my own, that comes, I'm sorry, uh, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but that comes from, uh, that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith man like isn't that good yeah like i didn't write that like you can clap like that's good stuff man like that's life changing like paul is saying like everything there's not anything that i consider that's a gain that goes beyond the gain of knowing christ like he got it he said i count it all is lost. And so now we kind of get into the vein of answering the question of that other part. Well, how does the practical disconnect? I know that maybe I've lost the value of what I have in my hand and maybe I'm no longer seeing the value of my love for Christ. So, so, but how does that play out on Tuesday? So let's make this practical. Titus, can you come here for a second? Everybody give him a round of applause. He's sensitive. I mean that's what like worship leaders are right like this is oh clap for me okay yeah <laughs> please don't hit me you're like a viking all right i mean isn't he he's like from like nordic stock i mean like he's just like whoa uh, you know <laughs> stop that i feel intimidated all right so i'm going to give him the sign and play this out real quick okay so you hold that that's all you have to do okay. well not really so now I need your help. Would you help me do this? Would you tell me, uh, tell me some of the things that we value in life? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me write these down. Go ahead. Kids. Kids. Family, right? Uh, you said kids, yeah. right? Kids, love that. What else? Financial. Financial, so some dollar signs, right? Somebody had to say it not gonna say that it was actually the pastor that said that that he values that but that's a whole nother thing that's you you work through your salvation that's all right we're not here to judge you brother you're in a safe space right yeah he's gonna need it right all right so what else so we've got some money we've got kids we've got family what else do we value huh god that's good i kind of figured that from the pastor's child right all right what else what else Community, so I'm just going to, because I can't spell community, so I'm just going to draw some stick figures, some people, okay? Is that all right for people, some stick figures? Okay, Uh, what else? Trust. Somebody said that earlier. I don't know if you were the same person, but that was deep this morning. It's still deep. What else? Food. Food. Oh, thank you for being honest. (laughs) You know what that really was? That was a subtle thing of wrap this up. I'm hungry. (laughs) Seriously, brother. Come on, man. All right, so food. Well, what about this one? Nobody said this one earlier, and I'm just going to do this one myself. What about our time? Oh, yeah, didn't see that one coming, did you? Right? We value our time. Well, you know how I know that? You mess with somebody's time, you will see a manifestation, right? Oh, it's amazing. You ever had somebody mess with your time? Like you wanted to do something? Like I, I will... Now this was me a long time ago like weeks ago like as a husband like if I had a plan and I was like I just want to chill today I want to just you know I want to go out in the backyard and shoot my bow and, and just kind of have a chill day maybe go hang out with the boys do all that and then my wife's like hey we got to run these errands and we got to go by Goodwill oh, oh and then we got to go by Walmart just kill me seriously please lord just take me now right I will turn into like an uh, like a sixth grade boy just pouting my feet I don't want to do that and she's like come out and then I get healed and delivered and then I go um that's Saturday at the Taylor home welcome to the family you just experienced Taylor time all right so now now let's watch this all right so do me a favor with your Nordic hands will you hold these all right <laughs> would you stop seriously I'm right here I can hear you this room's not that big All right. So now I want you to see this. Are any of the things that we put up there bad? Are they innately sinful or wrong? No, absolutely not. They're good, aren't they? Like we value those things. Like they're the things that we absolutely 100% value, right? But let me ask you this question. If I remove this from the equation, do these things have eternal value? Meaning do these things on their own fill the very thing what he needs internally for hope and salvation? no right so but the second i add this are you following me on this the second i add this then it puts all of these into proper perspective and so that he can receive from these things that are good as long as he is holding on to the thing that actually creates the value in these bags are you following on this so far okay but hold on that's not it i know that was really good but watch this Let's watch this. Here, come up here. How many of you have gone through life, or you experienced? How many life has happened to you? Huh? Yes. Life is happening to us all the time, right? Like, like, do you understand that life is happening to us, and the enemy has nothing to do with it? It is just the, the the it is just kind of the cause of a broken world. I mean, it is. I mean, it just is. Life happens. Loss happens. How many of you have lost in this room? Yeah, I'm so sorry. And the, and, the, and the sad thing is, is I wish I could say, well, I can protect you from that. Come to this church, I can protect you from that. No, because it is not if, it is just when, right? How many of you have, have experienced things where, in life, where it begins to cut at the things that you value? And you feel like life in itself is kind of attacking the things that you hold dear. Anybody? Yes, we all have dealt with that. My goodness. Like, I, I just in this one morning, and I'm not going to go into it because I, I don't want to bring this up, but I, I just in sharing and talking with people, I, I've, I've heard people that are struggling with things. And it's not that they are a bad person. It's that life is happening to them. Life is happening to them. But, but, but we're trying to answer a question. So let's get back to this. So we've already kind of answered the first part of the question of the why. Why is it that a people that know that we have a hope and that a calling are separated from the fact that we don't see that fruit in our life and we're not compelled to share that gospel? First reason we said is number one, why? Maybe it's the fact that we have lost our first love. Maybe that we have amplified the good things, the residue of God, and we've amplified those things in, in replacement of the fact of just being in love with Jesus so we see that we got we got to wrestle with that we have to we like you have to i have to wrestle with that i am a pastor a man of the cloth and i have to wrestle with that i i preach every sunday preach my heart out i talk about jesus i tell people and point them to jesus and i still have to wrestle with the fact do you is your life showing the fact that you are in a love relationship with the savior of your soul or are you just teaching Teaching good things, but are you teaching? So I'm wrestling with this. So I'm trying, I'm kind of like misery loves company. I'm kind of trying to bring you into this because we have to wrestle with this. So, so let's see this for a second here. So we answer that part, but then now we're getting to the how. How, how in the world does this happen? Because it doesn't just happen. Like it doesn't just, you don't wake up on a daily basis and make the choice and just say, I know I have a hope. I know I'm compelled to share, but I ch- I choose this day not to. Nobody in the room is waking up and saying that. Anybody? Anybody here waking up and just saying to the big guy, hey, today I ain't telling anybody about you. I know you're good. I know you saved me, but I'm not telling anybody about you. Anybody here ever said that? No. No. No, You're like, he's still into life. You know, I don't want to test the whole boils thing and calling down fire. I don't need that in my life. I got enough issues, right? No way I'm saying that out loud. I don't say it out loud, but something happens. And this is what happens. Life, let's just call these scissors life, all of a sudden begin to come and cut. Begin to cut at things that we find valuable. And family, see, this is family right here. Oh my goodness. How many of you in family have lost lost pieces. It's painful. I lost my dad a couple of years ago and I lost my mom a handful of years before that. I know, I know it. And I, and, and the unfortunate thing is I know I'm not done yet. Like there's not an off switch. Like, I know this pain. I know it. I know when that, I know when kids and, and the value of kids and, and man, when they're, they're struggling a little bit or they're going a different direction. I know that it feels like we're being cut at. And oh my goodness, our trust. Man, we all begin to get attacked and the things that we trusted all of a sudden are missing pieces and, oh, community. How many of you ever kind of felt alone for a while? Anybody here? Oh, and all of a sudden that which once was something you could lean into, now you feel alone. And then, oh my goodness, your time. All of a sudden, life just starts taking time from you, right? All of a sudden, you're like, how many of you just wake up and you start looking at the clock? And not to be morbid, but you look at the clock and you go, man, the clock is ticking. I'm not getting younger. Things are happening, right? Looking at you, right? Not as old as you. Easy now, easy. Actually, say whatever you want. I'm still a little scared of you. And then all how many of you have had your finances messed with, huh? All of a sudden, what you had is now, all of a sudden there is less, right? But but you know what else happens even with that? Let me just use that one as an example. Sometimes, because I can't stand, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes we're so dramatic. We just really are. We're just kind of a, by nature, we're drama. Uh, We kind of get into drama. But there are times in life where it's not always lost. Sometimes it's being added to. No, I mean, mean, right? Like, that's good. Like, I'm thankful for that. Sometimes there is a lot in the checking account, right? Sometimes this is all the way filled up, and that's good, right? You follow me on this? Now, see this picture, because I'm answering this question, and this is where the rubber meets the road. Where the rubber meets the road and where our disconnect is happening is this, is if at any moment Titus, in all of his strength and all of his power, right, his Viking strength, he summons it up from his ancestors, Right? (laughs) In all of his strength, at any moment, if life begins to attack these areas that he finds valuable, there will be an opportunity for him at this moment to let go of what this is to protect the very thing that he finds valuable. Like... Like Titus realizes these things are valuable to me and I'm hanging on to this. I'm doing my best, but I'm being attacked in this area and I just feel the need that I've got to let go of this and protect that area. I've got to protect my family. I've got to protect my finances. I've got to protect my time. I got to protect my community. I got to do this because those are good things and those things mean a lot. And I got to make sure that those are well taken care of at the cost, at the cost of laying this down. Are you beginning to see this? Huh? Does this make sense? Like like I'm trying to, to make this make practical sense to you. You don't wake up on a daily basis and deny God and say, God, I will not today. What you do is, is life comes at you in the day, in the moment, whatever it is, whether it's your peace, your joy, your finances, whatever it is, and it begins to nip at it. And so because you find it valuable and you've lost sight of that which you have in your hands and the value you have, you turn all of your attention to that thing and you begin to value it more than what you hold. Does this make sense? And it's amazing how we will begin to manifest and it comes in the most practical ways. Like you want to watch somebody manifest. Like what I've done today is I've actually gone out to everybody's car and I've made sure that all of you have a flat tire when you leave. No, just to see how you manifest after this today. To see where your focus is. To see because you sit there and say, oh, Pastor Chris, not me. And then all of a sudden you get car trouble. Because cars break down. And guess what? It's not the devil. It's because you have an old car. Right? No, I'm just <laughs> let me just kind of get that like it's stop casting the devil out and just change the oil. Okay? that's just a free one I'm just selling you that's just a free one right it's true though but it's amazing how, how quickly our attention can be drawn from that which we have value to make us focus on the things that are still good but don't have the greater value does this picture make sense Thaddeus, thanks buddy I pre- you can keep those bags there is a dollar in one of them you have to buy me lunch Yes. Clap for him as he walks by. Come on now. But I want you to see this today, guys. I'm trying to answer a simple question. I'm trying to get you guys to see as mature believers why the Holy Spirit is investing what he has over the last handful of weeks. He's trying to remind you that you have a hope, a beautiful hope that Pastor Nate shared. A beautiful calling in what uh, last week was shared through us about our calling and what we are to pursue. But why? Why? Why is he reminding of this? Because he's calling us to be reminded and say, let's ask the question why that's not happening. And I'm hoping today by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the powerful word that was given to us, not by my voice, but by the word of God, it changes us, compels us, Reminds us of the value that we hold in our hands. Reminds us of the fact that that even though I'm hanging on to these things in life as happening, like I'm not going to take my attention off Jesus. I am going to and I know what you're sitting here saying, so let me just answer this real quick. I didn't answer this in the first service, but I'm going to right now. <sighs> because I know I don't want you to walk away with this because I don't want you to walk, okay, wait a second, Pastor Because are you saying I'm not supposed to have emotion? Like when things are taken or when things begin to break down or when pain comes against my life, like am I not supposed to react? Am I just supposed to hang on to Jesus? No, it, like, like I, it's totally okay for you to have emotions. It's okay for you to feel lost. It's okay for that. But if you don't filter that to the very person of Jesus, you follow me on this? If you don't filter that through that, then loss without Jesus will destroy you. No, 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 I'm I'm just telling you that. Like like going through loss, going through uh, when you lose somebody in the family, when you lose a job, when you lose it, if you do not have Christ, if it is not filtered, those emotions are not filtered through that picture of Christ and what you hold so valuable, it will destroy you. And the other is just reverse. What happens when things are added to your life and you get so giddy and you want to turn your attention to the finances and all the new things and family life and, and you want to elevate those? Listen to me. Just as much as loss not filtered through Christ will destroy, it's no different than what addition without Christ will also destroy you. It just will. Like, if if right now, if I added all the money you could ever possibly need into your bank account right now, you would say, yes, yeah, but if not filtered through Christ, it'll destroy you. As the same as if I take it all away, and you lose everything, and you feel like you got no hope because you got no job, it will destroy you as well. That's what I'm trying to say here, is that it's not about not having the emotions connected to it, it's about making sure I'm filtering that and hanging on to the very thing that says, go through me. Go through me, filter all those things through me because I'm the one that number one gives those things value and also is the very thing that will keep you focused and keep you on track as you go through it. So, so I wanna do this and I would ask the team to come up in the mess that I've made, I apologize. Listen, I'm just trying to paint this picture. Does this make sense to us today? Because if it doesn't make sense, number one, I'll start over. You should go agree with me on this. (laughs) But if it doesn't make sense and we can't apply it and we can't be honest with ourselves and actually deal with it, then what did we do here today? We wasted our time. And so what I I would like to do and how I would like to end this today is to just, if you you don't mind, instead of just hearing my words, I, I would like to just read a couple of passages of scripture over us today. Is that Okay to remind us of the value that we have in Christ? Can I I do that? Because that's what we need to be reminded of. I want to just read these. Let me just read these over us. Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says this, seeing the value that we have, the value of love before being loved. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, seeing the value and the fact that it is not of our own efforts. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Acts chapter four, verse 12 says this, seeing the value in providing for us, me, a wayward son, a broken man in need of a savior. He provided for me a way home. He says, salvation. God, you are good. Sorry. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved seeing the value in the life given to me for the wages of sin my sin is death but the gift of god meaning that which i hold the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus my lord Second Corinthians 521 says, seeing the value in my right standing, I was standing in darkness and in sin and but God. He says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for me so that in him I might become the righteousness of God. <laughs> this is the solution like this is our solution of why our lives are not marked so we've answered the question why and now now we know now we know how to walk this out, how to be honest before God, how to repent before him, the things where we have fallen short and saying, God, I have lost sight of the value that I hold dearly, which is my first love. And listen to me, child, listen, listen to me. This is value for you as for somebody that is far off, that does not know God. This is, this. is It's the same value for you as for those that are in this room that are redeemed. The value for the lost is this, is there is a greater value than everything that you're hanging on to. Everything that you're holding in your hands that you've deemed worthy, there is something that is greater. When you have fa- when those things fall short, when those things do not fill that space in your heart and leave you wanting and wondering why you're wanting, Jesus says, I am the value. I am the greater thing. So for those that are far off, he is your value in that. But to the redeemed, oh, the redeemed. The value to you is to be reminded, I know that I have salvation. I know I have right standing. I know this was not because of me. I know that he saved me and loved me before I ever loved him. Oh, Thank you. I see the value in it. It is a treasure and it's a treasure that compels me to sell everything I can, get rid of everything as Paul would say. Count everything is lost. Everything is lost for the sake of knowing Jesus. I count it all loss. Come on, man. This is beautiful for the for the redeemed and those yet to be redeemed. Uh-huh. I want to just pray, and I would ask you to, to do this with me. If you were here and you say, man, I'm far off from God, like you, you would sit there and say, well, I don't even know what lost means. I just know I'm, <laughs> I am not found. I would say today you are found. I would say today that what is presented in front of you is the value of something that you've been looking for your entire life, and I beg you to choose it today. I beg you to look at all the things in your hand and no matter how high in regard you have for them, see the fact that there is a creator of a universe that says, I am giving you a gift that is far greater value of all of those things and receive it today. That cannot be that easy, Pastor Chris. Yes, we try to make it hard, but it's not. So just receive this by faith. What does that sound like? Let me tell you, it sounds like this. I receive you. I believe you are who you are. I believe that you're the value that I've been looking for. The very thing, the jewel that I have searched for. I believe it. I don't even know what that means for me in the future. But I know today I, I, I want this. And so today I receive it because your word says I could just receive it by faith. So I choose to receive it by faith. So what does that sound like for the redeemed? Father, forgive me. Oh, but shouldn't the other ones be saying that? No, church, the redeemed need to be saying, "Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me for ever losing sight of the value I have that I sing about, know about, uh, gather gather together with. Uh, uh, for, forgive me for losing sight of the value that you, that is in your Son. Forgive me. I repent." And as David would cry out, Lord, please return to me the joy of my salvation. And as that joy returns, that compelling force, not to be the best version of ourselves, but to compel us forward to a lost and dying world that says, I need to tell you about this thing, this person named Jesus. Father, let us be changed today. Let us be changed today. Deep. Let us be honest with you today. Come on, let's.